All right. Good evening, folks. Uh, I'm Bryce Eddy. Welcome to Liberty Station. Uh, I'm excited about this guest. You guys have seen him before. Uh, we have Dr. Keith Rose on, and um, uh, Dr. Keith has just so many powerful thoughts and positions. You know, coming from, of course, his background, um, his his history, the the things that he's done, being a a, a world adventurer, and um, everything else. That uh, if you've if you've listened to podcasts uh, before, you get to hear from him and hear his unique perspective. And he has been very early on in a lot of predictions of some of the things that we are now facing. And so I love to get his perspective. But the other day he wrote, um, I think it was yesterday that he published a um, beautiful piece in regards to 2000 Mules and some of the reactions out there. I won't steal any of that thunder, but um, I'm having him on for that conversation and many more things. So with that, uh, welcome Dr. Keith Rose. Thanks for having me, Bryce. Yeah, well, see, uh, um, hey, I love you to death. And uh, as we were warming up, I was talking a little bit about your own podcast, uh, The Scalpel, which I think is just incredible. Um, you know, you uh, offer so many different perspectives on things that that I think are great. And, you know, like I, I said in the introduction, you know, you and I had a, um, a great time early on because of some of the background that I have and some of the things that we were thinking about in terms of just the, you know, the security of the world and the stuff that's going on. Um, we made some pretty accurate predictions, um, you know, again, not being uh, not having a crystal ball, but just seeing where they were taking certain things. So uh, I always love to talk to you both, uh, you know, in this kind of a public format, but also privately because you're just a wealth of, of knowledge. That's just because I messed a lot of things up. So, you know, once you make yeah, yeah. so many mistakes, we, we call that experience. And that's um, right. Now that's I'm 57, right. so I guess I'm getting more experience. Yeah. So you called me, um, uh, I think it was yesterday, and I'm not sure exactly when, when uh, if we're airing this one tonight or tomorrow night, but um, uh, Ben Shapiro weighed in on 2,000 Mules. And you, um, I think, hit him pretty hard, but also appropriately in regards to what I think he tried to do, which was a, a real nuanced uh, play the middle a little bit approach to that film. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about that and, and kind of what your reaction is. And I have a, a perspective of my own, but I, I wanted to why don't you tell folks what you kind of thought of that? And, and, you know, we'll direct them to your podcast so they can hear the full seven minutes <laughs> well in, in full disclosure you know i i've watched ben shapiro for a long time and i think he's a really smart guy he's articulate he's got a great following he did a lot of what charlie does they go to campus they take questions and then they you know basically unzip a lot of progressive liberals with actual facts and i and i agree with ben on on several areas but it appears to me lately, and I don't watch him as much anymore, but I have a 13-year-old daughter that is enamored with him, and uh, she loves him, but she can really imitate him, too. And okay. I'm, I'm, I have to kind of temper myself. I'm kind of tempted to put her on my uh, podcast and let her imitate him, but she really loves Ben. And when I was uh, scrolling through Twitter the other day, I read something Sebastian Gorkin posted, Gorka posted, and it was Ben's... Uh, a brief commentary Ben had on 2,000 Mules. And I've never heard someone dance around a subject so much, talk so much, 
and say absolutely nothing. It wasn't, you know, kind of, sort of. I mean, I guess you could, but we haven't had enough evidence. It was like he was painting on both sides of the fence, and then he sat right in the middle of it. And as I reminded him, the devil owns the fence, and you need to pick a side. Now, on Sebastian's tweet and on his podcast, I went on to watch it, and he was talking to a couple guests. I don't remember who they were. And one of them made the comment that Ben has a very robust following on Facebook and YouTube, which is earned. He's a sharp guy. And because of this following, millions of followers, which I'm sure he monetizes, and there's nothing wrong with that, me being a raging capitalist, I totally agree with that. But at the same time, I think that tempers or puts a bit in his mouth as far as what he's willing to say or not say. And and that's what I kind of took umbrage with. And I know Sebastian did too. In fact, I think Sebastian had a great comment. He said, that's not how you win, Ben. And it's not how you win. I I, I kind of think Ben Shapiro is – he was doing real good right out of the gate. There was Ben, Charlie, Candace. And as Ben, Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, yourself, Pastor Rob, strong conservative, principal conservatives continue on despite – banning occasionally from YouTube, having your Facebook page wiped out. Charlie was canceled on Twitter yet or suspended on Twitter. He's still stuck by his principles and he had just as many, just as big a following as Ben, if not larger, but Ben really pulled back. So I I kind of equated Charlie, Dennis Prager and those guys to a stout, you know, pint of beer. And I, and I, kind of compared it to Ben as being kind of the O'Douls of the conservative movement, you know, all the bluster, none of the conviction. And it doesn't seem like he really wanted to understand what Dinesh D'Souza was saying in 2000 Mules. Now, there may be some areas where they weren't correct in 2000 Mules, but Ben didn't approach it like that. He just talked around it. Yeah, I have too many questions. You know, I don't, I don't know. You know, I, it's, and, it, and, it, and it's like, Ben, why can't you say, look, Joe Biden want, had more votes than any president in the, United, in the history of the United States. He got more votes than Barack Obama did. He got more votes than Donald Trump did. And Donald Trump got 20 million more votes than he did the first time. Donald Trump, in 24 hour, with 24 hours notice, could fill a stadium with 60,000 people. And Joe Biden, with Four months notice, three billboards and a, and a sign, couldn't fill six circles at any of his rallies. So I, I believe that that it, it just doesn't – there's just – it does not only not pass the smell test. It's very clear from what we're seeing that Joe Biden was elected under the most dubious circumstances in the history of elections. And for Ben just to kind of gloss over it, say he was elected, I don't see anything here, which is pretty much what he was saying. He would almost – you'd almost have to be a permanent member of the Braille Institute because they laid out a very poignant case. In a, and giving Dinesh D'Souza and the people that drew the vote that did that, giving them the benefit of the doubt that they had accurate cell phone tracking, and you and I both understand cell phone tracking. Yeah, Let's I say love they had accurate said. cell yeah. phone tracking. So if they have accurate cell phone tracking, they and they cut out all the 
potential, you know, close calls. And for people that haven't seen the movie, what that means is they were looking at the cell phone identifiers of people and tracking their movements. And they didn't know who the cell phone belonged to, but they knew it was the same cell phone. And these were, and they only listed people that drove to 10 different drop boxes between six counties right. at 3 a.m. in the morning. I mean, was the criteria was just crazy. It wasn't just that criteria, but they had to go to 10 drop boxes. And one guy or several went to 10 drop boxes through six counties at 3 a.m. in the morning. And, and my comment behavior. was, yeah, no, unless he's a narcoleptic Tesla driver just looking for the nearest charging station and just happened to tap all three counties, all six counties. And by the way, go to a Democrat front stash house or nonprofit, just by the way. And Ben never addressed any of that. I would have rather him disagree with that after he addressed it point on point, but he didn't. And I think he didn't do it because he was afraid. He doesn't yeah. want to lose the money. He's got he's got a million person follower mute button and I, he's just self-censors. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit more uh, broader and complicated than that. Here's here's my quick perspective. So I, I, I love Ben. I love the work that he's done. I think Ben is is you know been one of the guys that has laid a lot of the groundwork um, over the last several years within the conservative movement. I I got to meet him a few times. I actually volunteered for a uh, to be a uh, close protection security detail for him uh, with a couple of my guys, just so I could hear him speak on stage and and you know be there and watch it live. Um, and, he's good. And, He's he's good. He's great, and he's a and he's a, a um, amazing and all that. Um, so I so I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. What what I heard in his comments was well, okay, there's some suspicious things here. Is kind of how he how he did it, but well, I don't know. He he and a few others early on in the conservative, uh, let's call it the the Trump movement and things like that. He was he was very nuanced with Trump. I appreciated some of his uh, you know calling balls and strikes as he saw them. You know he had this uh, good Trump bad Trump kind of a thing that he did. You know and all those things I thought were 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 fair. Um, and he had some fair criticisms and all that. And so he's, you know, he's played that role. And I think that role of, you know, okay, I'm going to be wise and I'm going to be smart and nuanced about this. But you, you got to remember what they are doing at Daily Wire, which is an incredible organization. And those guys are leading the fight. I mean, he is taking Andrew Breitbart's advice. You know, politics is, uh, you know, downstream from culture. Um, and and his his whole idea, you know, they they started a razor company because uh, uh, of woke, you know, razor companies, you know, canceling their advertising. Um, they've committed a hundred million dollars to you know children's programming. Well, all that takes money and investors, and there are a lot of investors out there. Investor money that isn't going to just wholesale throw money at you if they think you're going to get canceled. And so he has played a, uh, I think, very safe, very nuanced stuff, and he's erred way too hard on that side of it. And I think that's what he did here. Um, I was in Beverly Hills on the night of the election because, you know, we had that private-public partnership with them. We had 40 armed officers, 22 vehicles. 
the night of the election, and, and we were up all night on the night of the election, and we were listening to everything coming in because we were all like, uh, we had the radios tuned up, you know, we're, we're listening to our radios, and we're also, you know, one ear to the podcasts and news reports and everything, like, what is happening here? And you saw that thing be stolen. Um, anyone of common sense saw that. Um, every every position that people are taking defies any logic with, you know, like you said earlier, uh, Biden getting, you know, more votes than anyone has ever gotten for president ever, more than uh, Barack Obama, all those things. None of that made sense given what we saw in the campaign and even given as a referendum against Donald Trump. None of that made sense. And that, that park at Beverly Hills, every single weekend there was a rally um, that was in many cases, primarily led by Hispanic organizers and Latino groups, and you had never seen anything like this, and I lived it. I mean, I, those, those songs and those people, what they were saying through bullhorns still haunts my dreams. Uh, I mean, there was so much energy for, for Donald Trump and none for Biden. Um, there, there is no way that it went through clean, and you cannot be a rational human being and take any of the explanations from the left as to how it happened. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think your assessment of Ben is fair. And to add to what you just said, I've been a part of elections in the Middle East, Southeast Asia and countries that were at war. And anytime you have a a pause in the counting of the votes. That's when you know that they're going to steal it. It happened in Iraq. I mean, everyone knew it. As soon as they stopped counting the votes, what they're doing is they're waiting to see the margin that they have to overcome. And we've yeah. never, quote, stopped counting the votes in the United States of America like we did that night. We've had right. recounts. We've had other things. But we've never, you know, when we all went to bed, Donald Trump was ahead by double digits. We yeah. wake up in the morning and it's like, I told my wife we were out at the ranch, and I was actually invited and had a room in D.C. at the Trump Hotel, and I didn't go. And my wife was like, why don't you want to go? I said, something bad's going to happen. I said, yeah. I, I predicted this. In, I'm not going to go into the reasons why. I said, I think the election's going to be stolen. And when we were out on the ranch and, uh, and they stopped the counting, I said, it's going to be stolen. And she goes, how do you know? I go, because this is how you do it. This is not a new model for stealing elections. This is what happens in countries like Venezuela, Cuba. And when that happened, the number of people, and, and I'm talking about the never Trumpers, the Ben Shapiros, the rhinos, they were like, election's over, move on. And no one wanted to t say that the emperor was naked. No one wanted to point out the fact that Trump won every bellwether county that we, since we've been looking at bellwether counties and areas since the start of elections, he won everyone that would have predicted he would win the election. You are right. There was such, I mean, look at South Texas, where I live. South Texas, which has never voted Republican, went way over the line for Trump. And of course, the media tried to memory hole that or digitally whitewash it. But you had where my wife grew up on the border in Texas was was all for President Trump, and it's it's 90% Hispanic. We know that the African-American voters came out in record numbers for President Trump. Yep. He beat, he got, a, he got 20 million more votes, but somehow 
in all of this by campaigning from his basement, by making more mistakes in a campaign than anyone that we know. Someone who's been in government 45 years and really, I mean, I've briefed Congress, I've briefed the Senate, I've been in the Senate building in their coffee shop. And Joe Biden has been the running joke in in the Senate since the beginning of time. Oh, President Obama didn't respect him. Everyone knew Joe. And so the fact that he got more votes than any president in American history, it's, it's not a bridge too far. It's, it's, it's a bridge that was never built in the first place. And so when guys like Ben Shapiro, who are smart, come out and I, I get it, you're dancing around it. I think Daily Wire is doing amazing work. There's no question. But at the end of the day, we have to look at where we are right now. Build Back Great. Better has turned into destroy everything immediately. We have a country that is in extremists. I would have never thought five years ago even, even at the worst, I thought when I thought it was really bad during the Obama presidency and we had huge unemployment, it was never to a point where we're seeing a Rwanda-like initiative trying to turn American against American, saying that you can no longer speak because it's misinformation when everyone knows it's clearly true. And so when you see a ministry of disinformation or misinformation being put forward or a department of it, although I hear it's been canceled today, but when you see something like that, when you see an open Southern border, when you see there's no formula in most of the grocery stores, when you see all these things happening that are, that are, there are terminal events or potential extinction events in a society. And you see you're teaching children in school and, and glorifying the radicalization of children in school as far as transgender, saying that, you know, we don't let kids drive till they're 16, but they can choose their sex at five. I mean, none of this makes any sense to me. So when you have this going on, the guys that have got the largest following, I believe, have a moral responsibility. You know, it, in, the, in the absence of courage, truth is an orphan. And if you look at the root of courage, it means to, there's part of it means to die, I think, in the Greek. I have to go back and look at it. But something's going to die. You're going to lose something when you step up and make a stand. And I just don't think this is a time in history where we are looking at We've lost our energy independence. Gasoline's through the roof. They have divisions in our society like I've never seen. The majority of the mainstream evangelical churches in twilight, they're kind of sitting in the back going, well, you know, I don't want to judge. I mean, yeah. it's it's not a good time. And it's, so it's a time to stand. And, and I guess as the Bible say, we have to count the costs. And I just... You know, as a Christ follower, as someone who has worked all over the world, has put his life on the line for this nation and have done nothing more than, you know, thousands, millions of other people. There's a lot of us that are looking at this going, you know, this is not the nation that we lived in five years ago, much less 30 years ago. And 
you know, you don't break God's laws. God's laws break you. And I think that this nation is at a, at a real tipping point. So guys like Ben Shapiro that are sharp need to stand up and, and say the emperor's naked. And Ben was going after Trump early on, too. He's never really liked President Trump. He's always talked around him. And I, you know, he would go after Trump for moral reasons. And granted, Trump has a past. I think we all do. Yeah, but we weren't electing a rabbi or a priest. We were electing a president, and the yeah, alternative was a Hillary Clinton. Yeah, you know what? I I originally uh, understood, and and full disclosure. So I I, w- I would not have called myself a never Trumper. Um, but but here in California, um, I did not vote top of ticket. Right now, you know uh, that was a calculation that I made at that time, the first time around, because I, um, you know, not because of the moral stuff, but because I saw where we were going with the with the uh, anti-Trump people. And I wanted to be able to argue and say, hey, he wasn't my guy, right? But here's what he's doing. And whether that decision was right or, or not, I, I don't know. But I did have, I, I think, a, you know, good conversations with people over time. And I could authentically, without lying, say, look, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a Trumper guy. You know, I, I'm just looking at what's happening here. Of course, I did vote for him the second time, and I was blown away by the good decisions that he did make and how he governed and what he did on many different things, um, I, I was so pleased with, and and I became then a fan. Um, so I understood Ben's position in that a little bit. Um, I, you know, I I wouldn't, of course, you know, uh, going back, I would have changed, you know, changed my position, uh, having known what I know. But um, but I think well, that's a good uh, point, what, though. He never changed his position as time went on. And yeah. you had the intellectual integrity to go, well, I wasn't really in Trump's corner at first. I was real suspicious. I just yeah. knew I didn't want Hillary Clinton. But when when I started seeing what he was doing in the inner city, setting up those different zones, when I saw him support the military, when I saw him make good decision after good decision, the stuff he did in the Middle East was amazing. The I, I, Abraham I was a- Accords. I mean, yeah, I was how a can fan Ben a month not in. step up and say this guy's doing the job? Yeah, I, I agree, and I and I think that a lot of those folks that did that chose that never Trumper position, you know, um, stuck to it and and did not, um, you know, did not want to admit that okay, you know, there were some good things here. And and you know, Ben, I've listened to enough of him that I, you know, that I think he's he's been fair from time to time. But going back to your point. Um, contrast uh what ben's position where okay hey we you know we got to play these nuanced roles and got to kind of play the fence and play the middle with a guy like elon musk who has thrown all in on things and risked it all where um you know this is a guy we did um you know security training for his uh, spacex team and and hired and built out his original security program and we were there for a lot of those early days where he would tell people, okay, if this rocket blows up, everybody get your resumes ready. We're, we're done. We're out. You know, he was risking it all. And, and I'm watching him, you know, again, he's, he's, uh, you know, not, um, you know, not a super conservative guy, you know, he's, he's not, um, a Christian as far as I know. Um, but here's a guy that is standing on, you know, his principles, seeing that something's wrong and risking it all, which I do appreciate what's happening now. And he's creating, you know, a, um, a massive result because of it. 
Ben has that kind of power because he does have a lot of respect. If he just went all in and said, okay, I see enough evidence that the shenanigans existed and they are real and we should all be paying attention. We're never going to get the guys that are committed to the other side, the super left folks that, you know, we're, we're engaging in the fraud. Uh, 2000 mules isn't going to convince them or, or their um, ancillary folks that are in their camp. But what we do need to do is we need to get the conservatives that said, well, okay, I'm not a QAnon crazy conspiracy theory. And, you know, maybe it wasn't a perfect election, but, I, but you know, I think, he, I think Joe Biden won and we should move on. Those are the people that need to see 2,000 mules and look at it and go, okay, all right, I was wrong. Something did happen here. I couldn't agree more. I mean, 2,000 mules, even Dinesh D'Souza says, we're not saying that this flipped the elections, but we're showing you a very plausible way that this could have happened. I yeah. mean, for people that haven't seen it, what Dinesh D'Souza showed was if the bank was going to be robbed, this is the route they would have taken. This is how they would have done it. This is all the superficial circumstantial evidence we have, which is abundant. There's a lot of evidence there. Now, how detailed they were on that, I know what they say. I didn't look at all the – who can look at a petabyte of data? But I know guys like you know guys that are very – let's say gray hats um, yep. that have that ability. They could absolutely, and they have the resources through networking to do what, what you saw. And we all know one thing we know in our hearts and because we are sentient human beings and have intellectual integrity, that there is no way Joe Biden won that election. Now, I know that that's going to cause a lot of controversy, but I don't believe he did. Having said that, I still respect the office of the president, but I have the right to say what I believe, just like yeah. every Democrat said when Trump won. The irony, and no one's paying attention here, is when Trump won, every pundit in the mainstream media said he stole the election. They said yeah. it wasn't real. The Democrats tried to impeach him the entire time. And this is what I don't think people understand. If you really want to understand the mind of a progressive liberal, whatever they're telling you you're doing is exactly what they are doing. Yeah, you don't projection. have to, you don't have, they project, they project like a old drive-in movie 24 seven. So if they're telling you, if Adam Schiff is telling you that you're an insurrectionist just because that's what he does day in and day out. Yeah. And where we are right now as a nation, I mean, you see John Durham just starting to scratch the top of this Mount Vesuvius and knock the crust off with the Sussman indictment. We have, I think in our lifetime, one of the biggest stories, if this country makes it and it's ever reported accurately, is the Russian collusion farce which came out today that the FBI knew it was a farce from the beginning. Well, of course they did. And, you know, I was working behind the scenes to help the administration at the time. I, we put together a, a lot of information for the people that were working on that. And I can tell you that it was, it was the most corrupt thing. It was, it was beyond corrupt. It's something that we would call treason. Yeah. And instead of looking at truth, 
what the Democrats are doing is they're accusing everyone else of what they've been doing or what they did the entire Trump presidency. And when have we ever in the United States of America not had the right to voice our opinion? You know, it may be right. If it's not right, someone's going to call you out on it. If you're a kook, you're a kook. If you're wearing a tinfoil hat, you're wearing a tinfoil hat. I mean, there's been yellow journalism since the beginning of time, if you want to go back and look at it. But where we are right now is we have a nation that has not has really gone full left and shown that they're not applying the rule of law equally, that you're seeing people that are still in jail or prison for January 6th that haven't even been brought to trial, yet someone can commit manslaughter and get out 24 hours later on bail in one of these big blue cities. Where you oh, yeah, have, we have political the, prisoners right now. I mean, that, right. that's what you we have, have the going Waukesha on. massacre of a black guy that ran over people, intentionally a racial hate crime that no one talks about. And Joe Biden never went there. And now right. he runs to Buffalo. And just because a kid had mental illness, no one's looking at the personal responsibility of the person that commits the offense. All they do is they look at it through the prism of, will this help us keep and maintain power? And it's gotten to the point right now where the average American is either frustrated, angry, or apathetic. And none of those places is a good place to be. Yeah. Well, the the, the left and the Democrat Party um, manipulates all of these people, right? They're useful idiots crowd, all that stuff into the idea of the ends justifies the means, right? And so for them, because uh, truth is not a value, as uh, Dennis Prager always says, truth is not a value of the, of the left. Um, and on the right, we've got some nefarious actors for sure. We have the swamp creatures. We have some, I mean, there are some people that you, you and I both know that are absolutely disgusting human beings that are on the right. But if you were to collectively throw all the um, conservatives and and even a lot of the right wing people into a bucket, you would still have general values of fair play. Um, you would have a lot of things that that just aren't a part of their um, mental makeup. So when they face the idea of people doing these wholesale cheating operations and things like that, they want to believe, I think, that no, you know, gosh, I just don't see that happening. And then, you know, of course, we've been conditioned by the idea of conspiracy theories, right? That everything's a conspiracy theory. And you and I both know that there's a lot of conspiracy theories that are put out there that are just psyops that, that are put in this bucket. So it confuses people and they can lump everybody together with, with conspiracy theories. But identifying a conspiracy is not being a conspiracy theorist. And we both know that actual conspiracies have been unveiled, have been uh, um, revealed over the last two years that we can point to, and there's a lot of them. Well, I believe that's in some charging documents for the Department of Justice. I believe the word conspiracy might appear in RICO acts and things like that. I mean, it's not, they're not a one-off. But I think... As American citizens, and we need to step back and look at where we are now. We need to stop yeah. listening to the Democrats telling us how we got here. We know how we got here. And what we need to, you know, everyone's talking about a blue wave. 
the Democrat Party is directly responsible for the majority of the lockdowns that have caused grave damage in this nation. Now, some Republicans yep. are responsible, and you know, I, the governor of my state is, and I haven't forgotten that. Yeah. But you have these these draconian lockdowns. You have them blocking blocking the adequate medical treatment for people that we've known about since 2004 to treat coronavirus. You had them blocking that and pushing absolute fabrications out there in medical journals and other things, while at the same time supporting all the pharmaceutical companies, which they continue to support today, where now the average cardiologist is considered a sports medicine doctor because you have all these young athletes and these young men that are very athletic. They all have these devastating heart conditions. And and no one is... And and then the, yet they're still out there pushing these vaccines, even with all the information going out. And they're they're able to do that because we have a Democrat administration in office that refuses to see the truth and looks at everything through the lens of skin color, through from sexuality, everything that absolutely has nothing to do with the content of character, with production with actual success. And yep. it's on display every day, whether it was Peppermint Patty Gensaki. And, you know, I got to confess, I was wrong. I didn't think anyone could be worse than Gensaki, but evidently this new girl said, hold my beer. And she came in and she is a disaster. And Yeah, you know, she's even more, I think, um, uh, so Gensaki did, uh, um, if, if you're going to have an evil operative, uh, you know, up there, playing that game she actually played an evil operative game fairly well this this gal the couple of clips that i've seen um is incoherent uh, um you know now jen Saki was too but it was in the art of you know obscuring the answers and you know deviating from topics you know she she had her you know manipulative ways but so far uh, yeah this one's a disaster in an entirely different way and she is and what can she support? I mean, I believe if the 2022 midterm elections are fair, and what I mean by fair is there's no shenanigans in the balloting, it should be an extinction event for the Democrats. Yeah. I believe more people are leaving the Democrat Party than they want to admit. That's why I believe they want to open the borders. That intersection has gone dry. A lot of African Americans have left the Democrat Party. If people don't see things like Black Lives Matter, when the heads of Black Lives Matter are spending millions of dollars, and again, there's no application of the law. You don't see the IRS going after their nonprofit status. You don't see any of that. No, they but won't. Then they put money back into the Democrat Party. It's one big money laundering scheme. And yep. it's not just benefiting them, but it's actively hurting the American people. Yeah, and it's hurt, and it's hurting you know it's hurting their own people, um, you know, and the people that they're fleecing for votes, you know, and, and all of that's happening. Uh, I mean, it's it's egregious, it's evil, but uh, I hope, and I'm praying, and you know, we're doing a, a ton of work uh, here and you know locally, and we're doing as much as we can on a national basis to 
to be successful in 2022 because I do I do believe that the shenanigans aren't going to stop. I'm glad that Dinesh did what he did, and I think it's then going to be in some respects harder for them to play some of the same games or play them at a big enough scale. You know, we're we're here training poll watchers. You know, we've got people that are volunteering like crazy to scrutinize the process. Um, but but I we should not rest on our laurels. You know, don't get caught up in the media saying that there's going to be this tremendous red wave and, you know, we're going to win. Um, let's, you know, it's, it's the equivalent of, um, you know, in a movie where they, you know, knock the guy down, knock him out. Oh, the bad guy's knocked out and everybody turns and they're, you know, embracing and all of a sudden the guy gets up and, you know, starts shooting at him again. <laughs> you know, you've got to, you got to take the enemy out. You know, we have to make sure that, that, uh, that they do not survive the evil that they've put on us. You know, I, I agree with you and I, sitting here playing our conversation in my head and thinking about, gosh, we just keep repeating the same things because it's, it's really like drinking from a fire hydrant. All the problems this nation is having that are directly can be laid at the feet of the Democrats. And I was thinking about this the other day and I realized how, how do you fix it? How do you truly change the direction this nation is heading? And so I, I look back at the founding, and then I look back in history at, at countries that were just headed over the cliff, and most of them just kept going. And the only thing we have in our nation that I believe is different than most of those other countries is we have a nation that was founded on biblical principles, and we have a nation that is under God. And it's not trite anymore. I think people are realizing, I see young people realizing there's got to be more to life than just this superficial staring at my phone all the time, being told what to say. I think people know they're being manipulated. I think people see, you know, prices going up clearly. They see they're paying more, getting less, and they see people that are breaking the law aren't being prosecuted for it. But at the end of the day, we have a nation that is just headed into deep, deep sin. You have people unmoored from morality. And our founders talked about this. They weren't perfect men. No one ever said they were. But what they did believe is that the only way you would have a free society is if men self-governed. And we know the only way men can self-govern is that if they are submitted to something greater than themselves, and when, and in my case, and I pray others, it's it's our it's our savior. And when you're submitted to God, then you you don't fear anything else, but you do fear God and the fact that you know He's watching. You know you're held to a standard. We need morality, and I see so many Christians wringing their hands when we have the answer. And I believe there's a lot of Christians today that if we would come together, that we would have a massive outbreak of praying, fasting, repentance, revival. I believe it would change the nation. We know the problems and we know how bad they are. You're not just going to vote one group or another into office and they're going to fix the problems because you have 9 million people in the bureaucracy structure and they aren't voted in and out. And these people a lot of them are unmoored from morality and principles, and that's why we are where we are today. But 
This is not the first time in history we've seen this. And we have seen major revivals and movements of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that that's not just something that we see on a Sunday, but that's something that we can have every day in our lives. And I came to the game late at 45. I mean, I'm the last person to talk about this, but I can tell you, I've worked around the world. I've seen a lot of things. And the only way this gets fixed is not to have the Constitution reinstated, but to have the God of the Constitution breathe again upon this nation. And people will recognize, okay, those are the principles. We have to follow them. And and when we do that as a nation, and it doesn't take a lot, but it has to you have to have that fidelity to God. And then it'll everything else will be downstream, the constitution. It'll reestablish the family. It'll reestablish, you know, we won't have to worry about people changing kids' minds for genders because you'll have strong families that will get yeah. involved with biblical principles, you know, fathers standing for their children. And and I believe that we have that still in this nation, but we have to find our voice. We can no longer be cowed. Um, I heard someone say one time, and I, I've never forgotten it, you cannot let the voice of Satan go unanswered. And when you have people like Alinskyites that follow the principles of Saul Alinsky, which he dedicated rules to radicals, rules for radicals to Satan, you have people that are, look, they're evil. When you, wanna, when you want to change the sex of a five-year-old, that is evil. And there's no other ways around that. And you have people that are proud of that. But we also have people that believe in morals and values. And and the difference is if we continue down this path, we're going to have more unemployment. We're going to have more destruction of the family. You're going to have more uh, economic and social dislocation. And we will crater as a nation. But if you follow the principles and people do that – then you will restore order because right now everything the Democrats, the progressives, and unfortunately too many rhinos and Republicans are bringing us is chaos. And nothing flourishes in chaos. It's just a big void. And I think a lot of people have a void in their life, and there's only one way to fill that, and that's with Christ. Amen. Well, you said that so beautifully, and I think you're absolutely right. Um, I I believe that because of the prosperity that we've had here in America— um, the churches won't um, wake up. You know, now a lot of them are, and you know that Rob and and Charlie and you know and others are are running around the country and you know trying to ring these alarm bells, and they're you know and, and they're having some a massive effect on it. But until people are suffering, because our prosperity held us from the consequences of the of letting our society fall to pieces and letting you know evil creep in. Um, I think, uh, and, and this is a good segue because I'd love to get your perspective on some of the stuff that's coming. People, I don't think, have any idea about how bad uh, it's potentially going to get because of the, the downstream effects of the lockdown and some intentional things that have gone on. But um, I actually have hope, and I'm, and I'm, praising, uh, I'm praying to God, and I will praise him if the result is that people wake up because they're hungry and because there is chaos and they'll start to open their eyes and say, okay, you know, I was just this uh, average churchgoer doing my Sunday thing, but I, I uh, did not do the work to, to fight against evil. And, and so I'm hoping that that happens. I agree. And, you know, I was reading in the Bible the other day and it was talking about when there is 
increase in iniquity, which is when we call good bad and bad good. And there's a big outpouring of evil. When people repent and turn to God and cry out, God has a greater outpouring of grace. He always steamrolls the evil with his grace. And we've seen that time and time again in history when people stop and they say, we need you, Lord. He pours out more grace because God does for us what we can't do for ourselves. None of us, none of us deserve this. You know, there's a lot of trials going on right now. Johnny Depp, you've got, you know, Sussman trial get ready to start. And the bottom line is Christ came died, rose again. He was the plea bargain for all of us spiritual criminals. And I was the worst of them. And he, he was the plea bargain so that we have that grace. We have that mercy. And if people want to get along as a society, people like, I just want peace. Great. Follow the Lord. You're going to have peace. You're going to have the grace that you don't deserve, but he will pour out on you. And we've seen what happens when God blesses a nation because he's blessed our nation greatly. There's a reason. And Nations that have have turned to God have great success. We have. That's why 95% of all the IP in the world comes out of the United States of America. We're one of the youngest countries with the oldest constitution. Now, right now we have leaders that are just really falling off the wagon. But as a nation, if we will humble ourselves and go forward and do the things that that God calls to pray fast, repent. It, it sounds trite, but if you really want to keep this, the greatest nation in the world, a light on a hill for everyone to see, then that's what it's going to take. And there's, there's no other way, period. It, it, you can elect everyone you want, but if there is not a moral foundation from biblical principles, and who are the most tolerant people? Christians. Yep. I mean, they're they're not they're not the ones that are storming the 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 walls and tearing everything down. And right now, what we need to understand is the underlying problem in our nation is we are moving moving to complete disorder and chaos. We're trying to recreate man. We're trying to birth what we think man should be. Now, Hollywood had this down near where you live in L.A. They came out with a movie one time. It's called Frankenstein. Because when man decides he can create man, what you get is a monster. And it never works out. But when we realize that, you know, God is who he says he was today, tomorrow, and every day, then – I have something that I'm not – it's more important than me. I can self-govern because I am under God. And it's, it's, it's as simple as it is complicated because the only reason that makes it complicated is the left doesn't want you to know this. That's why they go after Christians. That's why they go after religion. That's why they're going after the family. The kingdom of God is family. And so have you noticed how Hollywood – there's no TV shows that show a, a father – as a good guy or an intelligent guy, he's always a buffoon. Oh, I'm sorry. I did that. You know, that wasn't what it used to be like. There's no TV shows that show law enforcement as good upholders of law. You know, you don't have that anymore. Everything is edgy or everything shows corruption. And I think the American people have had enough of it. I think they're getting cavities from all the sweet, sticky evil that's pouring out. 
And you're right. We're nine meals away from anarchy, and we're going to have food shortages. It's not if. We are. Now, in a moral society, you pull together, you keep order, you support each other, and you'll get through it. In an immoral society, it's going to be a, a really bad version of the Hunger Games. And you know, it's my prayer that we will start not only electing virtuous leaders, but understand that someone that may have been bad, like a President Trump, showed great virtue. He showed great courage when he was president. And mm-hmm. in the in the headwinds of just the worst press and the most unfair accusations, President Trump stood tall. And that means something. Ron DeSantis is standing tall, and that means yeah. something. We can stand tall. No one can cancel you if you know who you are. Yeah. The only way people can cancel you is if you don't know who you are and you are working for approval. And I would just tell everyone listening, when you know God, you don't work for approval. You work from approval. And there's a peace. It doesn't matter whether I have something or don't have something. It doesn't matter whether people are talking bad about me or good about me. All it matters is I'm working from approval, you know, and I know what I'm supposed to do, what I'm called to do. And I want to show the same grace, the same mercy that I want others to show me and that I pray God shows this nation. But it starts with humbling ourselves. It starts with repentance, restitution. And, you know, I think if we would all get together and pray and fast and be humble, man, I think that our best days are definitely ahead of us. I agree. And I think we're going to see um, both chaos and incredible community during the the times that are ahead of us here. And it encourages me to see um, where I I, uh, I see here locally, the people that are coming together, the people that are um, awake or their eyes are open to what might be coming. You know, people are people are starting to to say, okay, how do we take care of each other? And I think we're going to see some just amazing stories along those lines. Um, where there is going to be chaos around us, and there is going to be some real pressure from, you know, some evil folks with crime and all those sort of things. But we're going to have some strong communities, which is where I believe that that we need to start. Is you know we need to start in the smallest community you got, which is your family, and right. then you know your your broader community, the churches, the the cities, and things like that. And how we'll win is from that kind of bottom up approach. Um, and I'm excited to see uh, what I see in my own daughters who are aware of what's happening, who are you know plugged in and know why they believe what they believe. And they are purposefully not spending their time in front of screens every day. And they, you know, they are they are counterculture right now. And they and what's fun about that is those are the cool kids. The cool kids right now that are coming up are the ones that are conservative and they're, you know, fighting this battle and they love the Lord. And uh, and it is so great to see that that, that that's become the, the rebel is is the conservative kid. And that brings me hope for the future. I've got some twins that are rebel. Yeah, yeah. I've, got a, I've got some twins that are rebels, a young daughter. And then I've got several that decided they're going to go to the world and they're bumping their heads. They're miserable. Yeah. And I love them, but they have free will. And you know, they'll, they'll come around. It took me 45 years. I pray they don't suffer like I did, but at the end of the day, you're right. It's going to be this next generation. My son just went to Kansas city for a huge rally 
where kids got together to pray for the nation. And he said there were over 20,000 kids in this stadium praying. My son's 18. You met him. I mean, yeah. and he's, you know, these kids, and I've seen your daughters. They're lovely. I mean, these kids, our kids could do anything they want. They could be, they're popular. They could, you know, they could follow the world. And they choose at 18 years old to follow God. And you know what they have? They have peace. They don't feel like they have to be anyone other than themselves. They work from approval and not for approval. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do see some encouraging signs, though. I think the, the mothers in this nation are rising up to protect their children like never before. And I think yes. fathers are, too. I think I see I think there's fathers a lot are of late to the game. Yeah, I think the fathers have been late to the game and, and much to our shame. I think, you know, masculinity and the, and we, we had a program the other day with um, uh, Ken Graves, you know, and we're, we're going to have more because I think a theme that I want to visit on this show is masculinity um, because I think even these young men that are coming up, um, you know, need to understand more about what, you know, men need to be. Um, and, and a lot of fathers have abdicated that responsibility, and I'm so pleased that the moms are, you know, these mama bears fighting like crazy, and they're, right. and they're doing it. But, but dads, go along to those meetings. You know, dads, stand up too, you know. Um, we need to, we need to uh, bring back knuckle sandwiches and stuff. I mean, you know, but we, gotta we have don't a... get a pass. We don't get a pass yeah. for leading our family. And, you know, when I was – in Somalia or somewhere around there. And my wife um, would text me and say, everything's fine. You know, kids are good. I'm good. And then when I was in Iraq, she did the same thing, but she said the boys were older then. And she mm -hmm. said, all the boys came upstairs. They were, you know, seven, eight. She said they brought their BB guns. And while you're gone, they're going to sleep on the floor around the bed to protect me. Amen. You told and, me that story over, like, over dinner the other like, day. Man, I was I like, man, I love that. That is so cool. And and I go, I go, is that okay? She said they need. She said they're acting like boys and men. You know, that's. Yeah. I have no problem with that. And of course, I did. I mean, we don't raise our. We need to raise our sons to understand there's monsters in the world. Yeah. But that you are a protector, and with your faith. You, it's nothing wrong with protecting people. There's nothing wrong with understanding. You know, my, all my kids, like yours, have been taught to fight. They all yeah. shoot. My kids, someone goes, you have guns in your house? I'm like, yeah, I live in Texas. I got yeah. lots of guns. What about your children? Well, they, they know exactly what not to do and what to do. You know, my my boys are, you know, and the, and the thing is they're leading in their schools, and they lead yeah. by example. They don't talk. They don't have these Instagram accounts where they're trying to be someone they're not. It's hard enough to be who you are. And what I had a talk with my son the other night, and I think that's what's missing, by the way. I just want to interject something, fathers. You should be having hundreds, if not thousands, of conversations with your sons and daughters. Yeah. Your whole building into them learning is conversations. My sons will come up and go, Dad, let's just talk. Because yeah. they, that's how they eat. That's how they grow. That's, you know, if you don't want them doing things, then you need to have those conversations with them. And then, you know, they're going to go out and make their own decisions. But you want to be sure that, you know, the Bible is very clear how you build into your kids. Yeah. And, and that's 
you know, some of my kids, I had more conversations than others because I was out of the country. And, and I do have a regret for that because I think it, it, they didn't get the benefit of a lot of things I wish I could have told them. Well, I'm working on that myself because I, I know how important quantity time is in getting quality time, you know, because it can't just be like, Hey, I need to talk about something really important. Sometimes those best conversations didn't, you know, don't come that way. Right. They just come up and want to talk and and we need to do that, especially, and we need to teach our kids how to treat women, especially our boys and our women, what to expect our girls. You know, my kids see how I treat my wife and my wife tells our daughter, this is how you're supposed to be treated. And again, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It matters what you do today and how you move forward. That's the beautiful thing of grace, men. So it doesn't matter what you've done in the past from this day forward. And pastors out there, if you're dropping the ball and you're just concerned about making the payment on your building and having a really cool music, that's all great. But from this day forward, man, go before God and see what he wants you to do. How can you affect this generation? How can you affect our nation? Because we had a nation. I mean, you couldn't come to this nation in the 40s without being told, this is God, this is family, this is important. And it was in the American handbook. And we just don't do that anymore. Well, listen, man, that is a a beautiful way to end this time together. And uh, you are the best. I love you, brother. You are such an encouragement to me and uh, our friendship. And I I know, you know, our listeners feel the same. You're just a a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. And uh, I thank you for that. Well, this was a kind of a private conversation. We were all over the map, but I hope folks hear our heart. And and it's going to start... If they want a revival, if they want an awakening, it starts with you humbling yourself before God. And our leaders out there, if they do that, you'll see a miracle and you'll see our nation rise again. Amen. Well, thank you. And uh, I'll I'll see you again soon, hopefully. Yes, sir. Be safe. All right. All right. Thank you.